This is How to Become a Pro Wrestler, the podcast. Where we teach you the skills you need to go from your living room to the main event. What's up, guys? Welcome back to How to Become a Pro Wrestler, the podcast. My name is John, back in the studio with Aaron. Aaron, what's up, man? Hey, John. Man, I'm excited. I, I'm always excited mm-hmm. to get in here, and I'm really excited about today's topic, man. For sure. This is a good one, guys. So today, we're going to talk about how you, yes, you, have a huge advantage that you may not even realize yet. And that's right. I'm talking about you, the listener, especially the young pro wrestler who's just getting into it, but really any pro wrestler who doesn't feel like they've made a lot of waves recently or that they've progressed very recently. You have a major advantage in pro wrestling that you probably don't even realize yet. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're brand new, like I said, it's very important. But something we mentioned before is that most people don't even give the bare minimum, all right? Like I mentioned that recently. I think I even mentioned on last week's episode. A lot of people aren't even giving the bare minimum that it takes to succeed in pro wrestling. So by giving the minimum plus even just 1% extra, you can be ahead of any competition. So let's talk about some of the ways that you can actually do that. But that most amazing advantage to being low on the totem pole in pro wrestling is that no one is watching you guys. That's, that's you know, you've got less to lose. And who has, has less to lose than the person that has nothing to lose? No one. And the reality is by being so frankly insignificant in the world of pro wrestling, you can take crazy risks that other wrestlers might not be able to afford to take. Um, Those higher performers that you see, like in the locker room or the ones that you admire on TV, I mean, they are being scrutinized at all times. They're being watched so closely. And when they screw up, people will notice. Um, You don't have that problem. And that might kind of sound mean, but it's actually a great way to flip the perspective of what you are and what you're capable of. Because this allows you to take risks with your style of wrestling, um, the the style of attire you wear, the moves you do in the ring, the promos that you cut, um, where you travel, all these different things. It allows you to experiment on an even greater, like, rate of time than those bigger performers can. So keep that in mind. Like, one of the best things you can have when you're early on is that no one's watching. Like, just go out there and have fun and do your thing. Um, Yeah, you you have the opportunity to really express yourself, Mm -hmm. try new things, and then really the high-level performers, like you said, Mm -hmm. like, I mean, they have people telling what they have to do and and how it has to come out, but there there will be some high-level performers at the end that may get some creative control. for sure. But for the most part, man, you have that bottom section, you get to try it. And you have to, to figure out what works. Right. Like what Absolutely. works for you and what doesn't work. Yeah. It's so, so important. And none of this is a like free pass for you to not, you know, give enough. Like that just because you're not being watched. Like, listen, like the way you do anything is the way you do everything, yeah. right? So you never know who actually is watching. So go out there and do the absolute best of your abilities. But don't be afraid to take risks. Don't be afraid to travel. I mean, hey, like... Uh, I say you have nothing to lose. You you somehow scrape together the funds to travel a thousand miles across the United States to wrestle in some crazy place just to take a risk. Hey, maybe something will happen to me. Maybe I'll get seen here. Maybe I'll get hired here. Who knows what? And it doesn't pay off. 
Like, yeah, that sucks if you personally scrape together a bunch of money to do that and you lose out on that money. But if you get, if maybe you did it the right way and you got a group of guys to go with you and you shared the costs and all that stuff, you really didn't lose anything. You went, you traveled, you got to wrestle in a new place. Yeah, you didn't get hired. You didn't get a magical full-time contract to some new company, but you did get out there and go wrestle. It was a risk that you were willing to take as opposed to like, let's say, Hulk Hogan gets hired to come to some local gymnasium and nobody shows up to see him. Right. That's something that we're going to have to look at. People are going to be making fun of him in the news for. You know, I know that's never going to happen. That's an exaggeration. But, like, seriously, that's something that he's going to get scrutinized for immediately. Actually, even it's not that if nobody comes to see him, if any less than 100,000 people come to see him, they're going to be like, oh, wow, Hulk Hogan can't even get 5,000 people in the stands right. now. Like, you know? So please just realize that not being seen might actually be to your benefit right now. Um, before we move forward, because I'm going to give you some tips on actually giving a little bit more, giving that extra percent in pro wrestling, please join us on Facebook. We are at How to Become a Pro Wrestler. That's our private Facebook group. We've had a few new people recently. We had Bob Evans that I talked about last week joined yeah. our private Facebook group. Talk to Uncle Bob. Talk to me. Talk to Aaron. You can discuss anything about this podcast last week's or any podcast, and you can also recommend things to us. If you want us to interview somebody specifically, if you want us to talk about any personal tidbit yeah. in pro wrestling or a topic just in general you want to hear, you can let us know, guys, yeah. in that private Facebook group. All right, guys. So let's start here by assuming that you are giving the minimum effort required already. That means you are training as a pro wrestler continuously, not just, you know, you graduate. No, I'm done training. No, you're training continuously in the ring. You're working out. You're going to the gym or you're doing whatever you need to do at your home. You're using dumbbells, uh, whatever you need to do to get done, getting your workout in. You're networking when you go to shows. You're talking to the right people. You're doing all the right things. You're already that this this stuff I'm talking about. By the way, guys, if you didn't, if you missed it, this is the minimum you right. need to be doing: training, working out, and networking. That's the bare bare minimum. So if you're listening and you're not doing one of those things, we got a problem right off the bat. That means you're not even giving the bare minimum effort, which means you are not serious about what you're doing. I'm just that's flat right out there. Um, a lot of the pro wrestlers that I see on my personal social media account are not doing the bare minimum. So a lot of times I scratch my head when I see them. Yeah. I'm like, why? How, how dare you post something about making a dream out of this or whatnot? And, you know, some of these people might just need guidance. I get that. But a lot of them, I see them doing it for the last few years about how this is still their dream or whatever. But they continue to give way under the minimum effective dose of effort to get anywhere. Yeah. So it's, it's hard to do anything but blame them for their own path when that happens, guys. Yeah. So let's go over some ways that you can give 1% extra effort and have an edge over a lot of your peers. All right, Some of these things you've heard us talk about before. First off is while you are at the show, you're watching the show. Right. You're watching the product. And maybe not every single match. I get that. Sometimes, um, depending on where you're at on the card, you're not going to be able to watch everything. You might be going over your match with your opponent. You might be discussing something with your employer. Who knows? Getting ready, getting in the zone, doing your warm-up that we talk about on here that you can do in the locker room. So you can, however, find an opportunity to watch the show. Watch something. Watch how they introduce their show, their product at the beginning. What happens? Take note. Do they do the national anthem? Do they have a theme song? Do they have a cool stage what's going on at this show that you're at is there a ring announcer how's he doing how does it sound what do they do 
Um, what's then actually watch the matches, right? So tell me about the matches. What happens during the matches? Take note of those. What's happening? What does this company have too much of that you can provide a difference for? Right. Like you can actually go up there and be like, oh man, everybody in this company wears black and yellow. Like I'm going to be the one to wear uh, red and blue, mm-hmm. right? Like maybe that's the little thing that can set yeah. you apart from anyone else. Um, is there tons and tons and tons of high flying, um, crazy aerial active stuff. Maybe this show needs a good dose of punch, kick, brawling, stone cold. Like right. you never know. Like they, or it might need some technical wrestling, some actual chain wrestling, submission work, stuff like that. Something to transform the product. Think about ECW back in the day, which was known as um, hardcore extreme championship, blood and guts, barbed wire tables, fire, all that stuff. And then all of a sudden you had Eddie Guerrero and Dean Malenko and Chris Benoit come through there and they put on crazy technical wrestling performances that the fans also loved. And it was such a great contrast to what would happen next, which is just like, you know, headshots with chairs and stuff. And, you know, we want both. We want balance. So see if there's something you can provide to that show that they're not getting right now. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, seriously, too. Be super self-aware. Watch that show. If you're a, if you are a high flyer, maybe that's your bread and butter, and you look out there and you see somebody doing maybe one of your moves and doing it ten times better, then maybe you need to chill off of that move at this company. Yeah. Maybe in some other company, your moonsault is pretty cool because it's a nice, just solid moonsault. But at this company, somebody's got that picture perfect Kurt Angle moonsault. Like I'm talking, if you and if you know, you know, Kurt Angle had one of the most beautiful backflips I've ever seen in my life. And if somebody's doing that and your finishing moves the moonsault, well, maybe switch it up at this company. Like that's okay. Yeah. Remember, if you're not being viewed, if you're if you are you have that ability to experiment, then nobody knows you do the moonsault. Maybe yeah. a few people, but just switch it up, do something different at this show. So you might actually find something you like better. Mm-hmm. You never know. That's all about experimenting. You know, I was listening to uh, it was John Cena, mm-hmm. and, and now you can correct me if I'm wrong, mm-hmm. but from what uh, this interview. I guess he had kind of been dared to do the, you know, you can't see me mm. thing because it was the thing that he was do, used to do yeah. with his brother. Oh, really? Yeah. And yeah. I and I know he did that on a very high level. Yeah. But he did that, and that became yeah his uh, it became like signature. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think some of those, I I even remember um, uh, you had the spin a Rooney. Yeah. Um, and I think that was something that just kind of he just did. I don't know how that came about, but that became yeah. a thing. And anyway, there was, um, I mean, even there's a lot of stuff like that. Even the rocks, people's elbow, the famous yeah. people's elbow, him running the ropes, ridiculously jumping over the opponent and doing an elbow. Like that was apparently just a joke that he did on, on house shows that were not televised. Hmm. And it got such a great reaction that the, the story goes that triple H dared him to do it on national TV. Right. And, um, they said, Oh, nobody, boy, you know, Vince is going to be so mad if he sees you do that on Monday night raw. And he did it. And the crowd absolutely loved it. And it became the move that he won world championships. With. Right. Yeah. Like that. It's amazing. You never know. Mm-hmm. But the fact that you're on these lower shows, non-televised shows, you don't have the public eye on you. You can experiment and try things. And uh, who knows before too long, it might be your biggest signature thing that you do. Yeah. So experiment, guys. So aside for just watching the show, which is very, very important, and and taking notes of it, I want you talking about wrestling like it's a business, all right? So we discussed this a little bit last week about something Bob Evans had posted, but I want you talking about wrestling like it's a business, and especially in the locker room with your coworkers. So often, 
when I'm in locker rooms, and I'm not in very many nowadays, I do get out every once in a while and watch some of the local companies. I always dip into the locker room to say hello to everyone. And it's just guys on their phones doing the same thing they would be doing if they were at home. Yeah. And I'm like, you're in a unique environment with unique people that you don't see crazy often, maybe a couple times a month. Like, speak to them. And then look outside the curtain and communicate like, hey, like, how can we get more people out there? How can we, why are all those chairs not sold out? Yeah. Why did they not react appropriately to that move that we just saw? Do you have any opinion on that? Talk to your coworkers, because that's what they are, your peers, about the business like it is a business. It is the yeah. wrestling business. So not just about the new movie that's out at the theaters or the new video game you got. Like, I understand that's all fun and you're all friends. I get that. But it is the wrestling business and we want it to make money so that we can also make money doing what we love. So talk about wrestling like it is an actual business, especially in the locker room when you're around your coworkers. Well, and if you're doing number one, which is watch mm-hmm. the show, so right. if you're watching the show mm-hmm. and you have a match coming up later, yep. you can know how the crowd's reacting For or sure. what needs to be done. So you're kind of you know talking shop, talking business, thousand percent, because you've watched the show and know how to get a better reaction from the crowd. And remember, it's not just about you. Like I understand that you know, like we're independent contractors as pro wrestlers and stuff, but you know, it is also a community. So like, mm-hmm. I so we said I said this on the podcast before where I said you should watch the show and do what Aaron just said, which is kind of like, you know, register. Are the fans making more noise for comedy than they are for serious stuff? Like, are they a fun, jokey crowd or are they a serious crowd that doesn't like comedy at all? And I was asked by someone, um, I can't remember, it was a long time ago, they asked me, um, what if I'm the first match on the show? I don't have that benefit of watching anything. And I said, well, here's something you can remember. You are a community. This is a business and a company. So now you take the information that you just learned in your match and you communicate it with your peers and be like, hey guys, just want you to know they're not really loving comedy stuff out there tonight. Right. If you had any comedy stuff planned, maybe ser- you know, straighten it up a little bit, make yeah. it a little more serious and see what happens. Communicate with them and share that knowledge. You don't just keep it to yourself. Yeah. Like Share that and be willing to help your, your fellow people grow the show. Yeah. Right? That's how this works. It's about the entire show in and of itself. You want it to be bigger, that way you'll look bigger. You you said this before, mm-hmm. where you have like you start little fires. Yes, like, I think yeah. that would be good information. For like sure. if you were the first one, it's like, hey, mm-hmm. you know, this side right here, yeah, north side of the ring, yeah. they're crazy. Right. They love. I used to do that all the time, y'all. I used to. There were a few specific fans, as a matter of fact, that I got. I started recognizing because they'd be at multiple shows, at least in in Oklahoma, and I would be like, oh, I can definitely start a fire over there, and then I would communicate with the other guys. I'd be like, hey. If you're a bad guy, be sure you show this person some love or some hate, you know, I guess you would say, because they will start a fire for you. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. If you're a good guy, get on their good side. They'll cheer for you nonstop the whole night long. So that's that's important information to share with someone as well. Like, And you know what? If you are a journeyman and you know some of this stuff already and you see a new guy come in and they're a little bit nervous, give them some of this information. Mm -hmm. You can maybe build their confidence a little bit by providing them with some someone in the crowd that can start a fire for them. Like, absolutely. All right, guys, moving on. Have a PhD in your craft, all right? Not literally, but you should be wanting, having the desire to learn as much as possible about your craft if indeed it is where you belong, right? So if I want to be a pro wrestler, that's my desire. I want to be a pro wrestler. I want to, I want to entertain fans. I want to make money as a pro wrestler. I want to help every company I go to and have great matches with all my opponents. Then I am going to study every 
era, every wrestler, um, starting with like the guys that I admire the most, starting with people that I have molded myself after. I'm going to study everything that went right for them, everything that went wrong with them, and then I'm just going to start branching out and reading everything that I can about wrestling or watching tape on everything I can about wrestling. Or I'm going to I'm going to learn how to be a wrestler right here in America at a school, and then I'm going to build myself up until I'm invited to a company in Mexico, and I'm going to go learn um, luchador wrestling, and I'm going to go to Japan and learn Puro Riso wrestling, and all these different things. I'm going to be a student of every single aspect of the entire business as a whole, and I'm going to get a PhD in my craft because yeah. I am genuinely and honestly curious and obsessed with the whole business. Like I've talked about being obsessed on yeah. here before, and that's not just with the in-ring style, but you might learn. Um, I mean, even at my job right here, I'm a personal trainer. I work at a gym, and. Um, somebody asked me, what do you do with your downtime? And I'm like, well, sometimes I, I go and, and ask the office manager questions about her job, right? Or I go and ask um, uh, one of the other trainers about how they train with people. I'm just genuinely curious yeah. about other aspects of the fitness industry that I work in. Right. Like, I'm like, what are you doing and like uh, contributing in a nice, in a nice way? Cause these are good working people. Like I want, I'm like, Hey, what, what, how does, how does your job work? I'm really curious about how this works. I want to know every aspect of every facet. That's like, like with, with training, Aaron and I have discussed this as trainers where it's like, there's so many different modalities. Like you don't have to be like, I'm, I'm a, I'm a power lifter and I'm nothing else and I will never mm -hmm. learn anything else, right? Yeah. There's also CrossFit, there's Strongman, there's Pilates and yoga. There's every all these different modalities out there that you can learn. I want to know and experience them all. Mm -hmm. So be that way in pro wrestling. Learn from not just the other pro wrestlers. I understand that's what you are and that's your main interest. But talk to the referees. Yeah. They've got a job. They've learned stuff as right. well. I guarantee there are some referees out there that have some amazingly valuable information and – you can learn from them about just ring positioning and, and communication skills, mm -hmm. um, managers that talk. I mean, because not all pro wrestlers have managers. you got to be able to talk as well. So if you see an amazing pro wrestling manager out there, learn from them on how to talk on your own. Yeah. And translate that ability into something. Learn from the owner. How, how are things going? How do you get you know, flyers made or what? Like, I don't know, just all these different yeah. aspects of it. You are a PhD in your craft because you are that curious about yeah. it. Yeah, you need to learn all aspects mm -hmm. of the industry, in and out, behind the scenes, you yes. know, in the ring, everything for sure. Because, so, yeah. Uh, who was it? Uh, we had the announcer um, on. Uh, Burnham, yeah. Burnham, Chris yeah. Burnham. He, he had mentioned something, too, about getting information from the wrestler to make sure that he helped kind of sell right. the wrestler. I was like, right. I mean, that... I, that was vital. Like when he mm -hmm. said that, I was like, "Oh, that oh, is yeah. good information." Yeah, absolutely, it, it lets you see the importance, and now you know I need to communicate with this guy. And and uh, it's, it was always so important to me. I I had like in my in my final match that I had in pro wrestling, I made certain to give a sheet of paper to the person that was announcing my match and be like, "Hey." Like or the commentator on my match over the videotape because when I rewatched it, I wanted to see if they could draw the comparisons. So I was like, mm -hmm. hey, this is why this move happened at this point in the match. It's because five years ago we did this in a previous match or something right. like things like that. And he was so grateful for that information. He yeah. was like, oh, that's amazing. Like being able to like tie it all up in right. a bow, like and communicate it. And then it's it's expressed. Somebody that maybe saw both matches might get it, but they but new people won't understand. Right, yeah. But now it's expressed in the the narrator of yep. the story. Got to tell it. So mm -hmm. communicate with your commentators, communicate with your ring announcers, anything special, all those different things. Like learn from them. What do they like? What do they don't like as well about your your name or something? Like I'm I'm always so curious in that. Like um, you might find that a wrestling announcer 
says your name a certain way and you want them to say it a different way, but then they have a reasoning behind it. Or you'll also find that I've had ring announcers that were like, like, you know, until I, until you explained what your nickname was to me, I didn't really get it, but now I really get it. And like, I feel like I say it with more authority now because I know the story behind it. And I'm like, that stuff's so important. Like those little nuances can really make all the difference. So get up there and learn from everybody that's a part of the show. All right. Something that people just don't do. Be prepared to be a good guy or a bad guy, right? A heel or a baby face. That is something that so many people neglect to do. They show up, especially when they're new, and they, they, maybe they've only been one thing, and then they're suddenly asked to be the other, and they're, they're completely thrown off, right? Mm-hmm. Like, uh, that's, you never want to be in that situation. Maybe you, are, maybe you prefer to be a heel. I understand it, as did I. But you have to know how to do both because you never know what they're going to need on that show. And you practice both, right? So this is another reason why when you're not being seen, you can get out there and practice. And if you are super comfortable as a heel, that's what you like to do. But you're like, man, I heard on this podcast that I need to also practice as a baby face. You go seek out another place. Seek out a place far off from your primary demographic of crowd or something, and you contact that person. You say, hey, um, do you need a young baby face? Because I, I, I want to be a baby face on your show. And, and if they hire you, you get to go out there and experiment right. and try out that. That way, if you're ever in a different situation, if you're ever in a bigger paying company or something, mm-hmm. you have that knowledge, that skill in your back pocket. You're not thrown off if you're like, oh, no, I, no, I'm always a heel. Yeah. I can't be a baby face. So just practice both, guys. That doesn't just go for... Like, yes, in the mirror and on your promos and stuff, but get out there and actually do it in front of crowds because yeah. it really matters. That's when stuff really changes. When you met, you mentioned this on mm-hmm. a past podcast about mm-hmm. being able to be heel and face. Yeah. And I remember when you said that because, you know, I'm not a, I'm not a wrestler. I mm-hmm. can't say. I don't plan to get in the ring. Maybe right. someday something will Right, happen. right. But I, I picture myself as a face. Yeah, and I started trying to think of my like, what mm-hmm. would I be as a heel? And it yeah, was yeah. Hard. It's hard, right? It yeah. was difficult, and it took me probably two weeks. Right, and I finally kind of came up with the character, mm-hmm. and like, oh, this is what I would do. Here would be his mannerisms, you know. Like, and right, I actually right, thought right. about it, and then, you know, just messing around with my boys because we wrestle at home. Yeah, you know, yeah. like I, I would just practice being the heel just for fun. But that that is, uh, I don't think maybe I don't know. If, at least for me, I didn't realize how hard that would yes. be. Like yeah. to be able to switch it into yes. to be the opposite of you know what it's, you are and kind of ingrained already to want to lean towards. Right. Oh, I've heard guys argue and argue and argue like, no, I can't do that. And then I'm I'm like, well, why? What's the difference between you being hired and somebody asking you to do something different and you saying no than than the kid at the grocery store being like, oh, you know, being hired as a cashier and saying, oh no, I don't touch money though. Like, right. Like. Yeah. Guys, it is your job, and you should be such a PhD at your job that you want to be able to do both sides of it. So get out there and practice it. All right. Another way that you can just do 1% better than the people around you. Put some promos in your back pocket, y'all. Start thinking about promos. Like stuff that you can just generalize stuff about yourself, about your own character, A promo you can cut as a good guy about yourself. A promo you can cut as a bad guy about yourself. Catchphrases are great. If you can come up with some decent ones, that's amazing. If not, don't stress over it. But think about ways that maybe aren't necessarily catchphrases you'll put on a t-shirt, but ways that you can tie up conversations. Because that's super important with promo works. I see guys drone on and on and on. They don't know how to put a bow at the end of it. So think about ways you can put bows at the end of promos, no matter what you're talking about. Um, and just start thinking of stuff and putting it in your back pocket because if a promoter comes up to me 
and says, like, if I go somewhere, take a risk and go help put up the ring or clean or something. And I'm like, man, if you ever have a spot on your show, I'd love to do it. And he says, I'll tell you what, I don't have any open wrestling spots for you right now, but I would love to see you cut a promo and maybe we'll use it on our social media. Mm-hmm. And if you are just like, um, can I get 45 minutes to think about that? Like, no, like yeah. let the, you're, they're going to be so impressed by the guy that can go fantastic. I'm, I'm ready when you are right. like, like you're, give me five minutes to collect my thoughts and I'll be ready for you. Like that is so, so impressive being prepared in the moment. And you never know, you might actually be being tested in that point. I mean, that yeah. happens as well, but being able to come up with an answer and come up with a promo on the fly, super, super important. And a lot of times, you know, the guys that get the credit for being the best promos like Ric Flair and stuff and as well-deserved Dusty Rhodes, all them, like they had aspects of their promos stashed in the back of their mind already. Right. right. Like it, yes, they, they went on the fly. Like they, they called it live or whatever you want to call it, but they had aspects or catchphrases or certain mannerisms in their back pockets already. That's the stuff you need to be thinking about. Mm-hmm. Good guy and bad guy versions of the same conversation. Like, look at yourself in the mirror, cut it in front of um, your peers, cut it in front of a camera, rewatch it, whatever you got to do, but cut some promos and start sticking them in your back pocket so you're ready to go at any time. All right, the last one I kind of want to talk about being 1% better, this will put you miles above anyone, honestly, is being above reproach. And what I mean by that is your basic level, like your minimum. So that's what this whole episode's about, putting out the bare minimum effort. Your minimum like requirement to be a professional wrestling is unquestionable. Yeah. Like it is unquestionable that you work out because I can just look at you and tell. It's unquestionable that you've mastered all the basics of pro wrestling because I can see it when you're in the ring. You know how to run, you know how to bump, you know how to fall and jump and all those different super basic level pro wrestling skills. You have those. So all these different things, you're professional, you shake people's hands, you're clean, you don't take up tons of space in the locker room, like all these different things, you are above reproach on all these things. They can come at you for maybe the, the super technical things or whatnot, definitely don't lie about an ability that you might have that you don't already, but as far as the bare minimum of pro wrestling goes... You don't get a you don't get attacked or insulted when I open this podcast by saying most of the people on my social media don't do the bare minimum because you know you're not one of those people. Right. Like it, it's it's one of those if the shoe fits wear it situations. There are people listening right now that are probably like, well, I wonder if he's talking about me, and I might very well be. But I think you know if I'm not. Like yeah. you're like, well, I'm you know I know that I do the bare yeah. minimum and I'm very confident in my skills mm-hmm. and and there's tons of those people on my social media as well. Gratefully so in our group as well. So like. You know it if you are doing the actual bare minimum. Be above reproach to where people can't call you out yeah. for doing the bare minimum. Like, come on, guys. The bare minimum? If you're not putting forth the bare minimum, then you are not serious about pro wrestling. Exactly. Trust me. Because it's such a hard industry to make yeah. it in. Like, you got to be the 1% of the 1% to be a full-time career in pro wrestling. That doesn't mean don't go for it. Absolutely go for it. Reach for the stars. But if you're not going to put forth the bare minimum to get into such an elite industry, then you don't belong here. Yeah, but you know, I yeah. you, you had mentioned before. Um, mm-hmm. So what's required already? The bare minimum mm-hmm. was training, working out, networking. Right. And I just wanted to mention yeah. that we are trying to help y'all out with all three of those. Absolutely. Things. Yes. Right? We. I mean, we do the podcast, which right. um, 
we, you're getting all kinds of information out of. For but sure. we have the YouTube channel. Absolutely. So you're getting training on there. We have a lot of the basic you know, movements that you need to master on there. Right. Uh, we have Strong Style for yep. working out. We're getting yep. ready to launch um, to a new, uh, over at Train Heroic. Yep. A new so we'll platform, have that. Yeah, absolutely. A new platform, yep. so we'll have that. And then we have the private Facebook for your networking. For your networking. So you can yeah. get in there. So um, if, you, if you're not following or right. liking any of those, make sure y'all get over there. Um, and we will help you get to that bare minimum. If you don't have a school yes. and you don't have a group right now mm -hmm. and you're, or you're just needing to increase uh, getting better in any of these areas, right. we're here to help. If, you're, if you are at a point where you don't have a pro wrestling school or something like that and you're trying to learn like we yeah, absolutely we have the YouTube videos and stuff and there's things that you can learn online but that means you should be able to master any of the other ones that you have mm -hmm. access to right. so if you can work out you don't have a wrestling school I get it but you do have a gym in town yeah. or dumbbells in your garage then you should be able to do that one yeah. that's at least the bare minimum you could be putting forth mm -hmm. in that moment but that's a great point absolutely we are we are providing you with the three biggest bare minimum things that I'm trying to get you guys to, to harp in on is the training, the working out, and the networking, yeah. guys. So you can do that all right here through How to Become a Pro Wrestler. That's what we created this for. And, guys, I'm just going to wrap it up on this. Um, I am yet to meet a person who is not capable of more than they think mm -hmm. they are, okay? Like every person I come across has a limit that they kind of prescribe to themselves, and I always find out they can put forth a little bit more effort. So if you think you're putting forth the bare minimum, really think about this episode. Are you? And if you are, then let's start working on that extra 1%. That 1% yeah. All right? Absolutely. So lastly, Aaron just mentioned it. We do have Strong Style available at HowToBecomeAProWrestler.com right now. It's going to be launching on a new platform very soon, streamlined on an app called Train Heroic. Very excited for that. That is a gym routine, a strength training pro, a routine for pro wrestlers, by pro wrestlers. 12-week access to that. Um, or it's a 12-week long program. You have full access to it at all times. But we've got people that, have, that are on their third or fourth cycle of those 12 weeks. So it's, it's not like at 12 weeks you're like, am I done? Yeah, you're done, but then you restart with all your brand new information, your brand new strength numbers. You restart the program, you get even stronger, and it just compounds from there. Yeah. So, guys, I hope you enjoyed this episode. I absolutely love talking about this stuff, and I know that you can put forth the absolute bare minimum, and you can gain that extra 1%. If we had a bunch of people doing that extra 1%, the whole industry would be transformed. So let's do it, guys. All right. Thank you so much for listening to How to Become a Pro Wrestler, the podcast where we teach you the skills that you need to go from your living room to the main event. And don't wait for your opportunity, guys. Take it. Sweet. <laughs>